Welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. I'm Caroline Rena, and here, let the ride inside adventure begin. I will share what it's like on my own healing journey, and through what I learn and become aware of, provide insight to your journey as well. everyone. I'm Caroline Rena, and welcome to the Ride of My Life podcast. And today's guest is Valerie Montgomery. Hey, Valerie, how are you today? Hey, Caroline, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So we've already kind of started out with some really cool conversations. So I want to just get uh, jump right into this. So the first thing I'm going to do is um, actually introduce who Valerie is. And um, Valerie Montgomery, an M-A-N-C-C LPC, is the owner of Beyond Beautiful Pathways, LLC, and counselor at Beyond Beautiful PLLC. Okay, Valerie is a women-centric holistic guide, a neurotypical partner advocate, a course creator, author, poet, and speaker, and Valerie integrates her own healing journey, training in psychotherapy, and her experience to support a woman's true self through her beyond beautiful process and journey. I get all that right? That's right. Yay. Welcome, Valerie. And you have like a lot in common with me, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get connected with you in that um, the poetry, um, I love I love how the human mind works, you know, that type of thing and, and counseling and all that. And um, yeah, so I'm just excited you're here and may stumble over a few of my own words, but that's okay. That's how it works around here now. I'm beginning to see. So um, let's just get started. You want to just jump in? Yes. Thank okay. you for having right. me too, I wanted to say. Say again? Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. Okay. All right. So the, the, the work that you do, I would really, really love for you to explain to everybody um, what it is that you do, um, and yeah, just go. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, of, of, I always get inspiration. I'm a creative person. I wanted to be an artist in first grade. Mm -hmm. It was my favorite subject, and so I feel like I'm always creating, and sometimes I feel like what I said yesterday well, let me just tweak that a little bit. So like this morning I was thinking, oh, I kind of feel like I'm a holistic guide. You know, I'm a developmental emotional guide. And it's not, it's not the type of emotion when most people think about emotion. Most people think about behavior mm -hmm. because emotion can drive behavior, but there's a split second between the emotion and the behavior in which mm -hmm. we can take a breath mm -hmm. and, and learn the information that the emotion is trying to share with us. Yes. So I'm like an emotional guide and some might say emotional surgeon. Ooh, I like that. Like an emotional heart surgeon or? An emotional surgeon. So this... our, our body, and this is what I think you and I have in common besides a lot of other things. But like one thing I want to point out is that you 
have training and body work, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe our emotions are held in the body. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's so the most, that's so important, which is why I bring, I, I connect with so many different people on so many different levels, because I, I know personally how the mind and the body work together. And that's some, that's how I've done my own healing work over 30 years worth of it. But it started out with the mind when I was little and led into a recognition of how the body needs to heal in order for the mind to even heal because it's all, well, it, it works together. So yeah. That's I say the body mind. Yes, me too. Yes, absolutely. Or the mind body, whichever one you choose. <laughs> yeah, but most people have heard that. I want to say body mind to to give them a little pause. There you go. Cause you're not, okay. I see what you're saying. Cause most people don't even think about their bodies. It's, it's more of a mind um, game in life for some reason. Uh, America. I blame yeah. it on being American. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you live from here up when we're walking around, like, right. Like right. nothing else exists. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, I won't go into that because that becomes a soapbox. So, um, so here's the thing. And I've mentioned, oh, and you did say something and I wanted to touch on this because I think it's really important for people to understand this because it, it relates to also, and tell me if I'm, make sure I stay on point here, but you were talking about how the emotion moves into the, into the behavior and there's like that split second. And that also relates to, um, how we as human beings have that split second to change not only the emotion, but, but, but decide what that behavior is going to be. It's almost like going in that split second in the stress response where you have that moment where you, you know, wow, I see what's going on and I don't have to go into stress, but, and, and then just kind of be in that moment to, um, just to be aware of what's happening and why you're doing it. But, but it's such a short window that sometimes it's just so hard to grab it and then stop that, that emotion. Like anger is a big one, you know? Uh, anger is not bad. Just to, I just want to put that yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but I know anger, I, I know personally that anger is there as, as a guidance system. I know it's there for passion. I know it's there for um, boundary protection, all that kind of, all those things. But a lot of people, that, that moment when they get angry, it's like they don't watch themselves get angry and they don't, it's not easy to stop that. And then sometimes that can go into rage if they don't know how to stop that anger and, and utilize the anger for what it's there for. Does that, is that, am I on the right track there? And I don't care if you say no, but that's what I've been discovering about myself. And so I, I tell my, in my counseling work, it's, it's like, um, and I have a course for this too. It's called the ABC course. It's, it's how to track what the emotion is trying to tell you, ah, but it's basically okay. like slowing down a freight train. <laughs> okay. So it's yeah. not easy, but these neural pathways have been traveled for a long time when we're adults, you mm -hmm. know, we've already set our nervous systems in place throughout our childhood developmentally. And it goes back generations too. So we're, 
we're very honestly following what we've had more experience with our wider super highway neural pathways. So what you're talking about is like we're maybe starting a new baby neural pathway. That's a new branch on the brain tree. So it's quite a big ask and that's why it's repeated until it becomes a little bit easier to do in the moment. So is that what a habit is? Is that the whole thing behind where um, like it takes 21 days to, or however many days, whatever it is to change that old behavior into, or belief into a new pattern? Is that what that, is that the same? I don't know that for sure because each person is unique. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you said that because yes, that's true. That's true. Well, I don't want to dig too far deep into this piece because that's not what we're here for. <laughs> I sure. want to know, I want to know, and, and as long as you're, whatever you want to talk about, um, your story, your backstory, what got you into the work that you do. A lot of people have been, especially healers, have been uh, hurt in some way, and we don't want to see other people hurt the same way that we have been hurt. So that's the reason why a lot of us get into this. And I'm just curious to find out what your story is. So I'm a kinesthetic visual learner. And I say that because I need to do it to learn it. Mm -hmm. So I've been learning about myself uh, for years. I think it started in the spring of 2004. And today is March 2022. So do the math because I don't. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just joking a little bit. But um, so basically, Wait, so basically, I, <laughs> the work, the work that I ask my, my clients to do is nothing that I haven't done. Yes, it's going to look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that I, I know a lot about myself, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, make it shrink to a reasonable amount of explanation. So basically, my father was institutionalized as a child. He was put in orphanages in New York City during the Great Depression. Oh, wow. So from nine till he aged out at 18, he was institutionalized. And I only realized this like a year ago. So if you think about an institutionalized father mm -hmm. whose father died when he was five. Wow. And my mother from poverty in rural Alabama, mm -hmm. both educators, and they're both trained teachers in public education. My mother was first grade. My father was junior high PE and coach and acrobat. He was a gymnast. And so if you take those two and you plop them in Miami, Florida, and I was born in the 60s, and I grew up in the 60s, 70s, graduated high school, early 80s, and then um, my mother always trying to reparent my father hmm. while we were growing up, and I'm in the middle of three daughters. There's all these facets, and I find all of that fascinating. Each person is fascinating. And what I learned about emotions is don't have them. Mm -hmm. Don't have them, logic rules, and pray away everything else. So evangelical background. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. In Miami, which wasn't normal, but my parents, you see, filtered everything that I was receiving. And I decided to take care of my mother's emotions. Mm-hmm 
really early, mm -hmm. really early. Mm -hmm. So I, I just did life the way I was trained because I thought they had it all together. Right. And I followed the path that they set me on until my early forties when every, I had a worldview collapse is what I call it. Mm -hmm. A worldview collapse that came as a result of a, well, I needed to get divorced to preserve my life. And so here I am in my 40s and I don't know what's true. And so then I go to graduate school <laughs> for counseling. Yay. After two years of my own 12-step type of group. Yeah. And I go, go to counseling and we work on each other as part of our counseling. Mm -hmm. And then I get counseling and then I practicing counseling and it I love counseling. And so that's it in a nutshell. Wow. Um, yeah, now, now I get the whole similarity between where we, we come in at the same type of energy level because um, the stuff that you went through with your parents. Now, my father was actually, he had his, his stuff, um, birth, birth trauma. Uh, and my mother, and I'm noticing this with a lot of people I'm talking to, this mother wound thing, you know, is having to be their their narcissism or their wounding and it and how it affects us as children from before we're even born on up and could last a lifetime and um that's actually something and i'm gonna i'm gonna be up front here because it's a good place to put it in um i've been doing grief work i mean deep 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 grief grief work around my mother Oddly enough, I didn't think it was still there, you know, until I recognized something in uh, a situation that I was in formerly that caused me or that I, I started to see the similarities. And I'm like, oh, this is happening and it reminds me of this. And this is and so the, when I say deep grieving and I think it's so important to grieve that um the depth of this grief went down into my cells, literally. I mean, it was like every day for the last 11 days, and I think I'm still doing it. Um, I would just roll over and start crying and just doing that wailing and gnashing of teeth, just getting it out of me because I just don't want it in there anymore. But it's so deep because it's a, to, for me, and it sounds like, you know, that similarity with the mother wound. And with a lot of people, most people probably have a mother wound. I mean, I can't, I'm not a, expert at that but I have my own experience with it and it's so for a lot of people it's hard because it's shaming it's shameful I mean there's a lot of shame wrapped around that for some reason can I talk about that for a second yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> okay so shame gets a bad rap just like anger gets a bad rap I'm going to tell you there's two kinds of shame okay there's the basic shame that's healthy shame it's a it's like a light form of embarrassment like yes. I want to change clothes over here behind a door yeah um there's toxic shame that says I don't deserve to exist yes now and so I want because a lot of people don't differentiate those two even some other therapists yeah so I want to just say that is a difference yeah in 100%. my in my experience and training yeah so. 
And thank you, thank you for saying that because people need to understand that um, you know that mother wound is the one that causes the toxic shame, not the embarrassment shame. It's it is different because it's so deep, right? Isn't that how that? I mean, any deep wound, not just yeah. the mother wound. Well, yeah. I mean, but, I'm just saying from my story, from what I just shared yeah. with you, from that. Well, but, I can yeah, I could talk about my my prenatal perinatal um, trauma, and you know, so it, yes. There, there we go. <laughs> we can have this long discussion, but I want you to guide this conversation. So I'm going to turn it back over to you. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, I mean, any kind of information that leads to, because that's the whole point behind why you're here, is that I want people to see that there's a different way of um, learning how to recognize these pieces in ourselves. And it's not just going to... Um, and, and I don't have anything, it's just based off of my own experience, but, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I have been to therapists where literally they will sit there like this the whole time, not even looking at me, not even connecting with me, not sharing their stories with me, because that's where the connection to me comes in. And it's just so clinical that I never felt comfortable being in that situation. And that's what I, I saw something different with you when we started talking. And now, especially you're sharing, you know, your feelings on that. And what's, what is neat, it's thank goodness this is starting to not be the main, um, the main theme behind therapy. Their therapy, I think, is actually evolving because of everything that's been going on in the world and, and people starting, even therapists, some therapists starting to see their own stuff that they need to be working through, you know, and it's so important that we have, that we have therapists that understand that and work through it. Um, one example, I've been reading a book called, um, do you know who Pete Walker is? Have you ever heard of Pete Walker? He's in no. California. Um, it's homesteading in the eye of the storm. That's his, his autobiography, the one about himself, autobiography, I think, or biography, I can't remember. Um, and he was traumatized very badly as a child. And he went through all that. He co-counseling co and co-therapy and teaches. And, and I just read something last night, how he get, got so frustrated with therapists who just preach basically, or just sit there and not do anything instead of connect. And I think that's important for the connection so people can feel like they have some sort of um, recognition that they're even in the world, you know, and you're going to therapy to feel that connection. I think that's the way I did it. So I'm just curious what you have. Um, if, if I said this, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, you mean you want me to make, okay. So I believe that Comment. <laughs> so I think that every person needs the right fit therapist for them. Yes. And I use yeah. the term counselor because I, I have my degree is in counseling. My license is in counseling. I'm a member of the American Counseling Association. But a lot of people don't understand the word counseling, but there's a definition. But um, it's basically a holistic strength-based model. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a psychologist that looks, you know, I can diagnose, but I don't anymore. <laughs> Uh, but because I'm private pay now, um, I don't, the, anyway. Yeah, no, I know. So, <laughs> I, so I work with women um, because I understand and their core value of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, there are types of um, psychotherapy that are the, let me just be in like the room 
uh, and it's different from the relational type you're talking about. Yes. And, yes. And so when I, so there's different types of training programs and not every training program for master's level counselor does the piece about your own work. Now, I like to coach people who are looking for a counselor to, if they're interested in someone who's operating from a body whole person perspective or just the clinical knowledge place, mm -hmm. they need to find out if their counselor's ever been to counseling. Thank you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. I want to do that too. Wait, do wait. you, <laughs> do you understand what it's like to be on my side of the room exactly. or my side of the couch or exactly. my side of the virtual setting? Exactly. Do you understand? And I still get my own counseling. Mm -hmm. And I started my healing journey before I became a counselor, even though I had my bachelor's from earlier in my life in social work, by the way. So social work is a systems model, and so is marriage and family therapy. Um, but a system means groups, you know. It's and so I love the group of women. I work with women, even though I I say I market to women, but I don't discriminate. I've had some great male clients, mm -hmm. men, and it's really they they're really ready for it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like. But I love the women because they automatically tell people about it and nurture automatically from their more well state. So mm -hmm. it's exponential. Yeah. And, and also, too, I think with women is that's how that's how we're, for lack of better words, designed to do that. But but our conditioning makes it. Uh, how, how do I say this? I learned. It's like an emotion coming out sideways. It's not coming out the way it's, it's meant to come out as a woman. It's coming out in like a totally different, like overcaring, care, caregiving for people or people. So it's, it's basically incongruent mm -hmm. from her conditioning. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So, okay. Um, <laughs> and the work that you do, there is something that you do, one of these processes that you do that you um, help these women and men in, in finding, I mean, I'm not, ha first of all, explain to me the process because guess what guys, she's going to be doing it on me too. Um, explain to me the process and, um, and everyone and explain what it does or what it, what it, um, just a little bit, because I want them to actually see what it looks like rather than like you telling them what it looks like, because it may not look like that anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to just say that the, my own healing journey is part of this process. Mm -hmm. My experience of being a counselor for that, for, I started practicing counseling in January, 2007, and I loved it. It's like my Anyway, I could go on about that. So it's like my own healing journey that continues to today. Mm -hmm. my, my history and experience in my work area. And this organic thing that happened that I didn't plan to have happen, which is the process poetry, mm. which is all of a sudden, what? What, what do you mean? Wait. I, I'm not a poet. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I am just trying to heal 
and it's coming out through my journaling and I brought one of my journals. This is my current journal. So I actually do it in writing. Okay. Okay. So this that's is just a regular journal. This isn't like a journal that you put together for other people to use. This is This yours. is personal. That's This yours. is mine. Perfect. Keep it on my kitchen table every morning. Okay. I practice. Now I've been doing this journaling since it would have started in the fall of 2004 because in my 12 step group they they had us journal every day. Mm -hmm. So I started journaling and you will not believe who I used to be like it's in all my journals who I used to be and how I conceived of the world and it's changed a lot mm -hmm. since then mm -hmm. and when I'm the most upset it's like it comes out on the page yes yep and then I collected a few of the poems I put them with my friends because I wanted a multi-sensory experience it's not just a book it's a multi-sensory experience and it's got photos of her family's trip to Italy because she's a photographer mm -hmm. and I said Suzanne she's my friend I, we met when both of our sons were in kindergarten traveling to take them to kindergarten I noticed this black jeep all the time I'm like good grief we're going the same place so at kindergarten dropping off our afternoon kindergarten students I went up to her and I'm like we could carpool because we're both driving the same route every day. Now they're 30 years old. Well, yeah. they're 30 years old. So I've known her for 25 years. And so I said, hey, in order to type up these poems that are in my longhand journals, like, do you think of, I'm going to make you accountable. You're going to be my accountability. I'm going to type up a poem and I'm going to send it to you and you're going to match it to one of your photos because I mm. love your photography of Italy. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be my accountability for typing them up because maybe I'll put them together in a book so people can read them. And so then I got an editor and it's five-time local project. My editor, a military spouse, she's like, Valerie, it's going to take you a long time to do one a weekend. Do you think you can type more than one at a time? I'm like, I don't know. Like typing, that's doing. Now I know that's a generator job. And so <laughs> wait, wait, I gotta stop. I have to stop. I have remember what you're gonna say. Generator. Okay. So for those of you who have no idea what that is, human design is is another way of looking at yourself. And it's something that I, I don't know how long, Valerie, how long have you been doing this? What's your how long is your uh, I've known of human design for almost four years. So you've been doing it for four years. I've been doing it for a total of eight months. But when I found out about it, it helped me to understand why I do what I do. And it really put me on a trajectory of not doing what I was doing before. So a generator just happens to be one of the one of four or five. Four types. Four, four types. types. But there is a manifestor generator. So that's like a fifth. So point. a manifesting generator is about half of the generators. But a manifesting generator has a motor to the throat. There's okay. still generators. They have their sacral defined. So now nobody's going to know. The people who watch this are not going to have a clue what this is. So if you have any interest in this to change your life at all, <laughs> I, I would suggest that you go ahead and look up human design and um, find out what it, 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 you just walk through a process and you find out what you are and you might actually surprise yourself. So just saying. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there so because not everybody knows what that is. <laughs> So finish good your point. Thank you. Yes. 
Well, I don't know. Um, where was I? Oh, and then so I eventually, yeah, so the book. So I eventually published a book and then I had to keep track of sales tax. And yeah, for the state and city. And I'd forget to do it and I would get a fine. And I decided I'm not selling it anymore, but I'm giving it away, my book. I still have probably like 90 copies because I printed them and paid for them myself. Um, and so I, I give them away sometimes when I want to, when I feel like my G, my, myself says to do it. And also some people, I might do a special offer for the people who listen to this uh, podcast because um, I do have an online course with process poetry, using language to discover your true self. Nice. Okay. I'm writing that down, holding. That's the name of the course. Yep, it's been up since 2019, but I'm not, I'm not good at uh, marketing. And that's because she's, what, a projector? <laughs> I'm a self-projected projector. Yep. Self-projected projector, which is exactly what I am, but that turns out to be one of our things that we're not really good at. So <laughs> um, anyway, this is really interesting. The reason, and, and here's the other reason why I was so intrigued is because I am I, I do write poetry and I do have enough to put into two books right now and I am not doing it because I don't know why, but that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother thing to work through. Maybe when I get through all the grief and everything, I'll figure that out. Um, but I want you to go ahead like you wanted to. And why don't we do this process using language to discover your true self? So the process poetry within that, correct? That's in that course. Right. Yeah. So the process poetry course is six units and 13 materials. And it, it's a combination of what I've been through and what I've helped my clients go through. Nice. Okay. Okay. And it's up for people. Yeah. It's up for people to, to take the course. It's like me, but it's in a, in a setting that's outside of my one-on-one -on -one work. Nice. Okay. All right, and we might we could probably talk or we could share a little bit more about that. But let's why don't we jump into doing the process poetry? Um, you had asked me if I would uh, put up a piece of paper or something. Now here's the thing: I want to just say that what you I'm gonna so it's not really about the um, product, right? So mm -hmm. it's not about the product. It's not about it's not about what actually exists on the page. Mm -hmm. It's and and after we do this, I'd like to share one of my poems in my book. I I do have my book with me. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. And um, it's hard to see on Zoom, but I I was just thinking I never read it because you know it's a gift to the world, and I don't have to revisit it. But I thought for this, it might be useful because yeah. some of my colleagues have bought a copy to use for grief work with their with their clients. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, Great. that's a facet I did. So I want, so if you, so this, so what you end up, I'd like you to share if you don't mind, but we don't need to see it because we're going to experience your experience of it. So you don't Does want that to see make the sense? written part of it. You don't want to see it. Oh, I thought you wanted me to put it no. on and share it. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> I just want you to do it and then you can tell us if you want to. Oh, I don't mind so, do I don't mind sharing it. 
I don't, but I guess I don't afterwards. need to see the screen. Yes, afterwards. Okay, I see what you're saying. And also too, the reason, yeah, so that'll fit in with my sharing of my experience and after we're done and sharing what I wrote. So this ought to be interesting. Oh gosh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and um, I want to just give you a minute because um, do you mind if I just sort of like take the reins for a minute? No, absolutely not. Do okay, you, so you because I resume too, or just just no, just, okay. no, just let me. So it's not something I've ever done before. Okay, um, I don't do this with counseling clients. They're not here for doing process poetry, but the students in the course have had access, and I have thirty-one students, and one of them came back and said, "I thought I would do this course really fast." I've got to start over and give it its proper time, right? And I'm like, this is a deep dive into your nervous system, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's it's with the adult brain that can write. I mean, words are the lang are the language of adulthood. Play is the language of childhood. Yes. Okay. So 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 basically, I want you to set your container. You know, we're setting the container between the two of us. And I want you to do what you know how to do, which is breathe. And I want you to just, I usually have my clients breathe in through their nose and out through their mouth to make an open system. Now that's called breath work. And so I just want you to be present in yourself and on the page, wherever you decided to write, I just want you to write down what you see, what you smell, what you taste, what you hear and what you feel on your skin or and just sort of experience your now. It's you experiencing your now. And just let me know when you're to the point that you've been able to get that recorded on your document. So I'm just using all my senses. Yep, just say, hey, I see the birds. I hear the kitten play. I smell my diffuser. I feel my bracelet on my arm. I hear the rattle of my bracelet because it has little charms. So you're getting into your now. And each line is a new line. So it doesn't have to be in a paragraph. You're not, you're not using English language with sentences. It's not a thesis. Why am I missing something? Oh, I hear. Okay. Five senses. And then you take a take a take a couple of spaces down and you start noticing any tension in your body. And you just write a line at a time of what, what you feel in your body. And depending on what you feel, you can attach feeling your feeling reality to what your body is telling you. 
or that can be its own stanza, for instance. Make sure you're still breathing. Uh-huh. Notice anything your body's trying to give up, tell us, you know, express or need support around. Can I go to a third? Please, okay. keep going. You do what you feel is right for you. Okay. <laughs> so what, what, take a minute, I'm going to talk for a second while you take a minute. We're actually, we're giving, we're tending to some freeze and shock on your nervous systems that travels through time. Mm. 
It's not, emotions are outside this space-time continuum, but they live on our nervous system in our bodies. So we have to be really gentle. We have to be really caring and we co-created the space together for whatever just happened for you in gentleness with organic tending like no one's ever done before because your adults in your life weren't available in some respect or as, as often as you needed. At all. So we're going to be really, really gentle. And we've just co-created a sacred space. Uh-huh. You feel it? Mm -hmm. Because of the work that I know that you've been doing and that I know you're capable of and your training, I thought this might be okay for you today. And I hope that's the case. Yeah, it is. Because I've mean, never done I've never done this before. Really? No. Wow. People in the course do it in their own space on their own time with my support and guidance but I've never been with them while they mm. do it. Well, this is very powerful with you being here because there's another, there's like a support energy. It's a witness. Um, would you like for me? I mean, I can. I'll, tell me I'll, what, I'll, tell me, tell me what that was like for you before you, if you decide to share it. Yeah, I will, I will share to. it. I will. I, I mean, it's not obviously it. I'm not even going to go there. So um, you started with where I was sitting in this present moment, which brought up, obviously, what's just in the present moment, including me. And then you brought me into my body, which started feeling tension. And I'll, I'll sh obviously, I'll, I'll show you what, what I wrote, but tension, and then it brought up fear, and then it brought up um, a few other things. And I stayed with it. I stayed with it in the present moment. And one of the things that I always tell myself is to just sit with it, sit with the feeling, sit with the pain, sit with the or the emotional wave, whatever's going through, breathing through mm -hmm. it, and then mm -hmm. bringing out what, um, what was happening for me through those feelings in my body. And then as I was sitting with it, watching them shift and then being able to express what that shift felt like until I got to, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if I'm fully, I think I am fully there. I think this is more of a recognition tears that I'm having, but it's like finally coming to peace within myself. So, and what are you feeling in your body right now? Uh, it's interesting because I'm on a podcast. But it's like this nervous tension. I just want to just start crying, but I know that it's probably not a good space to do it, but it's more of a, re a release cry than, than a sad cry or a uh, 
fear cry or anything like that or anger, you know, what I usually do, it's more just a finally I can understand what this is. It feels like it's like it's letting go, but I don't know what that's going to look like, if that makes sense. So what you do from here on out is totally up to you. Whether you share what you wrote, how you feel in the real time. I mean, if I read one of my poems from that I included in my book, I might cry. But I always tell people that I am, I am a tear welcoming. Um, we co-create our container. That's a, you know, like, I welcome the tears because they're your truth. Like, and they're yeah. cleansing and they're coming from a place that has been previously unrecognized. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, maybe I can, would you be okay to read it out loud if I put it up? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Because I will call cry anyway, but I don't want to cry and not be able for anybody to hear what I'm saying. Okay. So let me figure out how I'm going to get this up. <laughs> this, here we go. All right, guys, get ready. <laughs> um, let me expand this. Right. So, so, okay. So I'm going to start. You ready? I think so. I'll go read ahead. what you wrote. Okay. I see light. I taste sweetness. I feel coolness. I smell my lip gloss. I hear my breathing. Nervous tension in body, in my arms and chest, the side of my head. Fear. Sadness. Missing something, I, I don't know what. Scared, I don't know what is coming. I just realized what left. I feel the fear choking me, my throat closing. Staying present with my throat, learning to love myself through it. I don't know what I'm doing and I do. I've always known here I am in front of the world presenting the fear, knowing that it will subside, but not yet. I wait, I breathe, a tear pulling from one of my eyes, pulling me into my future, an unknown, and I am okay. I am here, I am present, present to love me, present to know who I am, to know what is happening inside, to shift the fear into something beautiful. Presence, peace. Beautiful. Thank you. I noticed your face while I was reading your words, your experience, your expression of your deep truth. That's what it is. It's a beautiful thing. It's sacred. Mm -hmm. It's holy.
I'm actually feeling better. <laughs> I'm still allowing it to come through the tears. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a deep, it's a deep honoring of yourself, of your truth, of what's yeah. been held in your body for, mm. you know, a long time. And yeah. in my one-on-one -on -one work, we would, we would look at that and set it in a context, but we don't need to do that because you know the context. Mm -hmm. And the process poetry is its own gateway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, I'm glad you said gateway because what I've always found was that when I do this work on myself and I've never done anything like this before because it hits me right, right in who I am. I'm a writer, I do poetry, you know, I'm in this space. I also do, have been doing my healing work for a long time, you know, and it, it just hits me right where, right who I am. And the experience of that gateway of being able to just open that door <laughs> and walk through it and walk through it. That's huge. Stay with I've, it. I've never been able to do that before and walk through it. Today? Yeah. Ever. Walk this was the first time? Walk through the door. Like the door's been standing there open. And I've never been able to walk through that door in this way. So today for the first time, yes. Wow. I feel really honored <laughs> to be with you for that profound experience I didn't even know you were a poet like I just I, I knew you were you know body worker or trained and then I just was like I wonder if she could do this in this space and it's been I mean this is beautiful so can I tell you about how my book came to be real quick absolutely <laughs> I would do speaking events to get in the community so more people would know about my counseling practice. Like, how did I, how did I start and grow a counseling practice? Uh, I would do speaking um, and people wanted, and at the end of a speaking, no matter what the topic was based on what I was invited to speak on, I would bring one of my poems if it worked out, if I felt like that was a good idea and share it, you know, read it at the end. And people would be like, um, can I get a copy of that? I really liked that, what you read at the end. It's like a benediction. <laughs> and I was emailing copies of these poems, which were just my writings, but I felt like they had an association with the topic. And so I was like, I wonder if people would like to have, you know, like a collection of them so I don't have to keep emailing all the time. And that's how the book came to be. My father, um, his mother was a poet and my grandmother. And so it's totally different. But before my dad died, um, he, he got to read some of my poems because I asked him for help publishing. Like I paid for the publishing, like a local publisher, a local graphic designer for the book cover, the military spouse, myself and my friend. And a book came to be in 2012. No. 2011 my father died before it was actually printed mm. but I dedicated it to him and my aunt who were both put into orphanages when they were mm. children because I work with inner child healing and now epigenetic healing which is mm. generations of trauma so um it so the book is a love letter 
to the world. Um, and it really, my editor decided a military spouse, let's put all of the most cathartic ones at the front of the book. And then if someone reads it from front to back, by the end, they'll be like, oh, this is what, you know, hope is. And, and every time that you experience what you just experienced today, my, every time in my one-on-one -on -one work, people say, clients say, I feel better. Okay. That's because you release some of that shock and freeze on your nervous system from whatever happened in your history or in the history of your ancestors. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've traced it back 14 generations, but that's only science. So spiritually, you might understand, you might understand this. I, I didn't share this piece with you, but you may understand and be able to explain what it is, is like, and it happens to me a lot when I release something, when I, when I release that energy, I can like feel waves of, I have no idea what going through around my body. Hmm. And it just, it, it just feels like this something I don't know if it's the letting go it feels like just water real soothing water waves just kind of that's what I feel you're healing generational trauma you're healing for your ancestors and your progeny no matter who comes after you and learns from you they're all it's like your legacy mm. <laughs> yay <laughs> every one of us whose lives you touch is going to benefit from this work that you're doing. So it has no limit. Right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, this was supposed to be about you, not me, but it's working together. I love this. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'll take a minute and read one of my poems if you want. You know, I do. And I was going to ask you, maybe... This is, this is hard for me because like I said, I've been, I've been, I have like enough poems of my own to write two books and I didn't want to read any of them, but um, I, I was going to ask if you have any, like if I sh could read one of mine as well. And then that way people can get like a, a diff, see a difference between it and, or whatever. I mean, are you open to doing that? We'll just have like a poetry reading real quick. <laughs> I mean, it's totally up to you. It's improv. It, you invited me here today, and whatever, I know, but I and, well, whatever we co-create, <laughs> whatever we co-create, and we have no access to sacral energy, so we don't know when enough is enough. Exactly. And so, I I don't mind whatever you want it to be. Is I want us to play because that's what projectors attract. When we're playing, we attract, right? I'm observed, which is a, a term in human design. So people yes. are observing me all the time. And I'm an observer. So, so. Ah, well, there you go. So whatever you want, I'm here for. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so you read yours. I'm going to pull mine up real quick. Yeah. Let me just see. Oh my goodness, I, oh gosh. Okay, so this one's about my dad. Uh, um, okay, so he died in 2011. He, my mother was able to donate toward the cause of, of printing my book. And the, the photograph that my friend, um, I don't know if you can see, but here's the photograph I picked to go oh, with wow. this. Oh, wow. Isn't that in Brazil? And she's, 
She's in Italy. All of these oh, photos are from her family's trip to Italy. So, um, okay. So it's called, I titled it Daddy, I mean, Daughter Desire, Daughter Desire. Okay. So it's kind of long, um, but it's anyway, two pages. And my book is so that you could flip through it. I wanted it to be a, an experience when you hold it. Okay. I feel a shift coming, being here right now, not struggling, accepting, seeing, caring for myself. No need to maintain silence with Mark. No need to silence communication with family. Daddy could be dying, uh, really. A lot of life represented, striving, doing, searching, really. Struggle to find a place in this world where he fit. Teaching, mm, not really. Serving others, at some level, but not as an equal. Family, more of a picture of one than real relationships. Religion, I hope he found what he was looking for. I'm not sure he really did. Providence, not a good fit for him either. Alabama, Paul Lees. Gardening, maybe. Burning trash, yes, that fit. Always a bit removed from people. Sad, really. He acted like he was close, warm with people. He spoke of them with affection, just not usually those who were nearby. Anorexic? Sure, emotionally unavailable. <laughs> Handsome, dashing, personable, with a sense of distance. What did I want and need in a father? Warmth for me. See me, daddy. Celebrate me, your little girl. Participate in my life. My friends, maybe I would have had some. My activities, well, I think I could have enjoyed some. Tumbling, gymnastics. You supported that at home in the front yard, but you never celebrated me in it. I remember you showing others how you could tumble. I always felt you had something I could do better, just behind your thoughts. I almost made your level. I always felt not quite good enough. Like there was always a criticism coming or an improvement to make. Like, if I could just do it a bit better, you would be proud. Notice me, your little girl. Notice who I am, all the beauty I possess, just in who I was, am. Character traits, I'm articulate, intelligent, honoring of others, enthusiastic, vivacious, friendly, demonstrative, empowering, celebratory, welcoming, 
bold, quick, genuine, and more. Can you see those things? Do you agree? I can see those things about me. You might have seen them, but just didn't tell me. I'm a leader, Daddy. Who would have thought? Strong, courageous, proud and humble, a visionary, an attractor. I'm more myself than ever, Daddy. Don't go away now. Celebrate with me. Celebrate me. I'm very beautiful, with a warm heart, open and kind. I wish you could see that. Postscript. Nicholas William Bringus, one of two little children to whom this book is dedicated, May 28, 1929 to August 17, 2011. Thank you for telling me you are proud of me and for liking my curly hair. Rest, Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> I learned a phrase. You're welcome. I, <laughs> I learned, I, I have to say, I learned a phrase years ago. It was what I see in you, I see in me. And here I am, like, mm -hmm. seriously, it's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Wow. Ah. Well, I hope everyone's gaining something from this, because <laughs> I certainly am. Whew. Well, we are. <laughs> we are. We are. Uh, gosh. Okay. All right. Let me gain my composure, because I'm, I'm kind of running this show here. <laughs> um, I am going to share my poem only because uh, I think people and it just hit me just now before I even started to say this was find what your creative outlet is find your creativity if you can start doing the work with Valerie and and do this um process poetry it will open something up inside of you that you don't even probably know exists or you forgot about it or it did exist when you were little and you just shoved it down, pushed it away because someone said you weren't good enough. So I am already, after this, before I read my poem, going to highly recommend <laughs> that you take advantage of this because if you really want to heal, this is obviously something that's going to do it or start your healing process if you haven't started it yet and you need to, you want to, you feel a draw to it, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. I'm going to share a little bit did you have anything else you wanted to, to add to that beautiful poem? <laughs> I, can't, I didn't talk that. No, I think uh, it's self-explanatory. Yeah, I think so too. Ugh, uh, everything, even like for me with my dad never telling me he was proud of me, that hit like a, a nail. Because I remember in my 30s, I sat down and had a conversation with him. And I said, I asked him if he was proud of me. And he still couldn't tell me he was proud of me. He said, of course, I'm proud of you. He couldn't actually say, see, I knew, yeah, he couldn't say it. And he never said it my entire life. So when you said that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, anyway, 
So, and the whole thing with, with poems, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It does. A lot of the, the big, hard, painful stuff. It's definitely easier to write poems when you're in pain. Definitely. And I'm sure, and I know I've read po poetry by many different poets, poem, bleh, poets throughout the years. And a lot of people, that's what they do. There are pieces well, of, go ahead. I just want to say too that I didn't sit down to write that poem when I wrote it. I was just maintaining some sort of an experience and for my myself that was journaling and this poured out. I don't know that. It's almost like it comes out without my brain attached. Right. It's channeling. You're channeling that that information is coming through you. And like in your case, because you have, and now that you've got this process, it shows up in being present in, in the space, being present in the body, and then being present with whatever's coming up from that. And that's where you were. So it's all channeling. Um, so that's, yeah, uh, you are a poet, obviously. Um, <laughs> so like for me, I've been writing, um, I started my first poem when I was in elementary school. And I actually, I don't know if I wanted, oh, I, I, I got first place in, in the poem writing. I think I, not elementary school, I'm sorry, high school. And I got first place. And then there were times where I just completely stopped writing and then I'd start again and then I'd write here and there and then I'd stop. And then I did the same thing, you know, with music because that was another not good enough thing. And, you know, all this stuff, everything, everything just was there for me and then went away. And so through the years, um, especially in the last couple of years with all the work I've been doing, my poetry, it rhymes. Um, it, in the last yeah, year, mostly year, I ended up writing over a hundred poems and for a while for like three months straight or three and a half months straight, I did it every day. And I wasn't doing it. It was weird because it was the same thing. It was channeled. I wasn't doing it to try to write a poem. What I was doing was writing my book in poetry form. So it was like the worst moments of my life coming out in poetry. And then it got, as, as I healed, it got different and better and, and not better as in the writing, but better for me in what I was saying and my connection. And so the last one that I wrote actually was um, on January 18th of this year. I haven't written, I don't think I've written one since then because I've been doing all the podcasts and the, and the blogging. But this is the one that I wrote on January 18th after all of the stuff that was going on. And I probably have one in that might come, come up again, but I might put it into a song rather than because I'm also relearning how to play the keyboard and, and writing a song. And I don't know how long that's gonna take, but maybe this, this one now, what's happening can come up in that. We'll see, ah, I don't promise anything. So um, this last poem that I wrote is called Soul Connection. And obviously that's why I said it was based off of, you know, what's been going on for me lately. So, uh, Little by little, I feel as if I am connecting to my soul, releasing the things that no longer serve me, so old, sitting in a space that helps me to see the behaviors of self that are not me. I see the snow so white and glistening. I go inside self and begin listening. I know the truth there inside is bringing me closer to my guides. The ones that lead me to where I belong 
singing my life, singing my song. I am in that space of being myself, hibernating and waiting for the snows to melt. And in that melt, I know I will find a peace with my soul that is fully divine, to connect with spirit and know in my heart this time away is not just for a new start. There's something happening deeper, you see, finding myself connecting with all of life so free. The transmutation is the hardest part, the demons inside lying and waiting in the dark. I feel something though that is starting to appear. It's something different where there is no fear. This union with spirit that scared me so was something I really didn't know. I continue to brave the chill of fear to go into my heart like a pioneer into the depths of love unknown, to heal my heart and no longer postpone the life I am meant to lead or the life that I am meant to lead. I must continue, I must proceed. The challenge here that is so surprising is that it's not scary as I was surmising. This part of my journey, I must do alone. I have my guides and my goal is coming home to myself, in my heart, to my soul and spirit. The transformation is nigh. I no longer fear it. I love it. I love it. I freaking love it. Thank you. That's the first time I've ever read my poem like that myself, like with my face. Well, this is the first time I've ever read my poems. Okay, so we got something good here. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> wow. I don't even know what to do right now. Um, yes, as projectors, we could be here for another four hours, but I don't think everybody else has that much time. So really, um, uh, I don't know what to say. Um, I want you, I want people to see what you do. So <laughs> I want you to let people know how they can get a hold of you so you can walk them through this process, this amazing process you have and share your gifts and your course and let them recognize you. <laughs> So, so I'm on Instagram beyond, beyond beautiful pathways and I have a link tree on there. People in Colorado can look at that, which is more of the counseling side, but anybody else would be looking at all the things that I have up. I, um, I think I'm on a lot of social media channels, but I've been doing that for a long time. Um, the process poetry course is up on my beyondbeautifulpathways.com website. I have another course brewing called the ABCs, how to find out where your emotion comes from and what it actually means, basically. Yes. And then I'm putting together a course for neurotypical partners, too. So neurotypical partners of those who are more neurodiverse, ADHD, autism, sensory processing, executive dysfunction, like people who are in long-term relationships with those who ha have more neurodiversity. And so- um, Can you explain what neurotypical is? Because I don't know if everybody knows what yeah. neurotypical is. So neurotypical are the, are the people in the, in the population who- can sit still in classrooms growing up and do the work according to how it's taught. So not um, the Tom Sawyers of the world. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Exactly. 
but neurotypical partners who are in long-term uh, primary relationships with those who have neurodiverse traits. So the neuro so, neurodiverse traits are the ones that you explain like the um, autistic and the, the other things. So I work with the partners, the more neurotypical people, because gotcha. okay. that's my also another part of my experience. Gotcha. So, okay. so there's a lot going on. I'm working on, um, I'm getting that second business off the ground, which is, I just started in May of 2021, which is Beyond Beautiful Pathways. That's amazing. Oh my God. I, you know what? Um, a, a, a mutual friend of ours, before Valerie even knew that um, probably, I mean, we, we touched, touched each other um, in Facebook groups here and there. And then um, this mutual friend of ours told me about her and I don't think I was ready to, to meet up with her yet. And I don't know if she mentioned me to you as well, but- I don't this, think so. This would be Andrea. Mm -hmm. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so I knew that there was something there. And, and I just, as I processed my way to the point where I did reach out to you, it was like, oh my God, apparently you've been sitting there waiting for me. And I've been waiting for you to meet today and do this. And I don't know what's going to happen with this. It doesn't matter. I hope you guys absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this. I hashtag will... projector synergy. Yes. Hashtag projector synergy. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this. And every, um, I will have links up on uh, <clears throat> my YouTube channel from this, um, from this interview. And I'll have links up also on Anchor Podcasting, which um, also shoots out to Spotify. I'm still learning how to do all this stuff. So you'll be able to find her through um, those links. And um, I think that that should do it. I don't know what else to say, except we have like hours. What a pleasure. Oh, <laughs> what a pleasure. Thank you. How much fun was this, huh? I told you, stay organic, stay organic, <laughs> stay organic. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and is there anything else that um, you want to share or? Well, I want to give there? a disclaimer. If people are observing us in this, in this, what just happened, they might need to uh, anchor themselves in their um, safety. Um, you know, safe place, water, tissues, maybe a, something to write with and an application that they appreciate the most. Um, maybe a solid, you know, a pet, a person that's safe, just because this might also get into their ner nervous systems yeah. and yeah, activate something. Okay. And, and I'm going to just say while we're on here, if you could send me that information and I'll also po post that at the very beginning uh, or in the writing. So before people watch it, they have that little disclaimer so they know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, all right, everyone, thank you so much for being here and experiencing this with us. And I'm so grateful for Valerie and you guys for being here and witnessing. And I don't know what else to say. So I'm going to say have a beautiful moment wherever you are. Thank you.